Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kevin Carter joins us to talk about college football, to talk about whether or not the committee got things right. A lot of things happened on Sunday afternoon, a lot of comments, a lot of questions, and a lot of calls for things to be expanded to six or eight teams for the college football playoff. Former Florida Gator, 14-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion, current analyst on CBS Sports Network. No better guy to figure it out than Kevin Carter. He joins us on the show right now. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Ah, no worries. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so did the college football committee get things right with these four teams? To me, yes. Um, I sent out a tweet. You know, funny, funny, funny enough, we were doing our late show on Inside College Football, and Randy Cross and Houston Nutt and I all disagreed on what the top four should be. <laughs> I literally read my text on the air, and I said, Oklahoma should be in. And I gave a bunch of reasons why, and I ended it with period. Those reasons were this. They're a one-loss conference champ. And basically, if Georgia loses to Alabama, which did happen, you have they're just a two-loss non-conference champion, basically. And out of Ohio State and Oklahoma, you have to compare their loss. Ohio State lost to unranked Purdue badly by 30 points. Ohio State, not up to par. Oklahoma, their loss number nine, Texas, and they avenged that loss in the Big 12 championship game. End of story. They got it right. I'm completely satisfied with it. Uh, Good with me. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Carter joining us on the show. So when you go, was there an argument on the panel between you guys uh, about getting Georgia still into the college football playoff even after their, their loss to Alabama yesterday? Well, we were kind of divided on that just because I think Houston, he had a great, you know, an argument. He said, you know, no one's going to say that Georgia isn't one of the four best teams in the country, but, you know, there are qualifying reasons and things that the, the college football playoff committee lists and it's on their website. And conference champions carry weight, you know, um, games, championships won. I think that's the wording on the website. And it's going to matter if you won your conference. Um, eventually, if you're, the reason you're moving into this, you know, uh, playoff system anyway is you want to settle it on the field. Well, you have to basically the regular season is the qualifying round basically to see if you can play for that championship. And to me, Georgia may be one of the best teams because we've never seen anyone play Alabama like that this year, but they don't deserve the chance to play for it. Oklahoma does. Kevin Carter joining us on the show, former Florida Gator, NFL vet. You see him on CBS Sports Network. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin Carter underscore 93. Does Notre Dame, do you have a bit of a gripe with Notre Dame not playing in a conference, not playing a conference championship, but getting in? No. You know what? The thing I like about Notre Dame is they're a pretty eclectic um, uh their schedule is eclectic. I mean, their 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 thirteen and zero record spans six conferences. I mean, that's the thing, or twelve and zero record. The thing is, 
we give them respect. It's kind of an unwritten rule, and I don't know if um, if the football gods, you know, smile upon Notre Dame for that reason, or maybe they're just they have the luck of the Irish. But you know, I for one, to me, I respect them going on the road, playing all these different teams. We don't know how these teams are going to be, and we know that you know playing Notre Dame is a different thing. It's a different treat. They're uh, they're an unfamiliar opponent. So many different styles and defenses and offenses and, and different styles of football they face throughout the year. You run the gambit of that schedule. I think, you know, most people in football give them respect. And, you know, I think I'd like to see them play a conference championship game, but that would mean that they'd have to be in a conference and, or maybe we can set it up as to where they play another conference championship or, or another, you know, I don't know. But um, I don't have a gripe right now just because. I, I respect what they did. They changed quarterbacks to, you know, um, partway through the year. Ian Book has taken this team to a, a whole new level. Uh, no, I, I don't have a problem with it. Well, you heard the SEC commissioner come out and, and talk about how Georgia deserves to be in. Obviously, Kirby Smart's going to back up his guys. Nick Saban talked about it. We didn't hear much of Jim Delaney. Should Jim Delaney do a little bit more politicking, or should the Big Ten do more politicking? Because this is two years in a row now. Well... I think you have to have a leg to stand on. And, you know, the argument, if you want to compare apples to apples, then that's just it. You have the nation's number one offense, and you have a better loss. Um, It it doesn't really get too much more direct than that. Um, I think that, you know, the committee respects that, and I think that, you know, if – the Big Ten wants to look. Ohio State's been in before. This is nothing new, but you have to be one of the four best teams. You have to win your games impressively. You know, you can't lose. You can't stumble along the way. You know, I mean, when Ohio State got in a couple of years ago, they lost early in the season, but they lost early in the season enough to build up, you know, their stock in the eyes of the committee. So mm-hmm. it's all about when you lose. They lost in October. That's a little late, you know, late October to be losing a game to an unranked team by 30. So, you know, it happens like it happens. Yeah. Kevin Carter joining us on the show. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Who's the weakest of those four teams? Um, To me, Oklahoma, um, because of their 111th ranked defense. Now, their defense did show up better in the Big 12 championship um, versus Texas, and um, they created some turnovers. They were aggressive, but – we got to see how that style of football is going to translate to, you know, playing someone who can match up with you physically and that plays a different style of ball on that side of the football. Um, I think Oklahoma is definitely the weakest link. Kevin Carter joining us on the show. That's surprising. A lot of people want to say Notre Dame. And you say that because of the defense. I like what you say there. Kevin Carter joining us on the show. Do you want six or eight teams or are you good with four? I'm good with four. Um, I I don't think this is the year to to really throw an argument uh, up for eight teams. Um, I think if you were to to have eight teams in right now, basically you would be taking you know the Power Five conference champions, and you're talking about teams that are maybe two and three loss, and you know you're, you're talking about just expanding way too much. Um, I, I don't think that this year. I mean, you would have teams like Michigan. You have teams like, you know, like the second and third teams in tiers just because of their ranking um, would be in. I, I'm I'm not in favor of it just yet. 
I think that every year um, of the college football playoffs since its inception, they've gotten it right, um, and it makes sense. And you can argue, but you know it is what it is. Um, and I think we've enjoyed the matchups and seeing you know those teams play for a national championship. Kevin, it, you got a lot of guys on a lot of these teams that that got close. They didn't get into the postseason. They weren't one of the four. They're still playing in bigger bowl games here. How many guys do you think we're going to see go, thanks, but no thanks, I'm going to get ready for the draft? I think this is a growing trend. Um, you know, you, you have guys, more and more guys that have one foot out the door. Um, they don't want to risk injury. Um, and, a, and a, to them, meaningless bowl game, well, meaningless to their own future. And so it is so much, you know, it's a growing trend among young, you know, young players these days. And I, it was different when, um, when, you know, 30 years ago, when, when a lot of us were playing in, in college, when I played, but um, there will be some players that will visibly, you know, some have already done that. I mean, we've seen um, Nick Bosa, you know, decide that after his injury, he's just going to go ahead and get ready for the draft. You know, we saw, um, you know, different people throughout the year, you know, kind of take the decision to bow out, and it, that's that's their prerogative. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Kevin, I, I think of Ed Oliver in this situation mm. because he came back. Whoa, you grown? Well, let me let me ask you this: what what was your <laughs> what was your feelings with Ed Oliver there, buddy? No, no, I I, I can totally see that. I mean, but you know. It, you have to you have to remember, you know, these are 20, 20, 20, 21, 22 year old kids um, and they're young men and they're being pulled in a lot of different directions. That's the reality of it. Uh, the reality of it is they love football, but there's also um, a larger um, picture looming, you know, on the horizon for a very select few. And to have that chance and to already be considered one of the college's best and be assured, you know, uh, draft status and, you know, instant, um, you know, access into the NFL is a very alluring thing. I can understand that. Um, we've sensationalized it in such a way as to where we've earmarked a lot of these guys a lot earlier. And, you know, they're taking advantage of, you know, what is the reality of the monetary reality of the NFL. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, it's hard to argue with that. It really is. See, I, I just disagreed with the dis- – I, I didn't know oh, – how do I put him in this situation? Because I was so torn here, Kevin, because he says before the season, and everybody in God knew that he was going to go to the NFL after this year. And he right. goes, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to play football this year because you, you want to get more experience. But you knew at some point he might get banged up. People get in your ear. You start to get nervous. Then we have the situation with what happened with him and his head coach where, you know, they had lost two games before that. It just looks like an ugly situation. And I don't, and it's exactly what you said. Ed Oliver's a young guy and he's got to protect his asset. As much as he might like Houston and he might like Houston football and he might like that situation, he has to protect the asset of what he has because it could mean a, a huge amount of money. But you've been in locker rooms. You've seen guys freak out. You've seen guys point fingers during bad losses or losing streaks, I just had a feeling it might not go that well, and it ended up blowing up just a few weeks ago. I, I think that maybe people use that Oliver and his situation, sadly, as a cautionary tale in the future. Um, definitely cautionary just in terms of what your focus is. Um, I think there are some players, you know, year in and year out, that are a prime example of 
you know, what not or of, of what to do or, you know, in this situation, there are so many players right now who are selling on the field who are people that were going to say, oh, man, Josh Allen, you know, this kid is playing out of his mind, you know, and he finished the season strong. You have guys like that. You have guys like Jalen Ferguson, you know, that, that's just balling out. And so there are, there's, there are a lot of hungry young players out there. But unfortunately, you know, timing and getting hurt and, you know, the situation you're in. And, and it's hard for me to identify that personally just because when I played, it was a different era of football. Mm-hmm. It was a different mindset. We, I loved what I was doing. And I, it, it wasn't even until the end of my junior year that I thought that I could possibly even go to the NFL, you know? And, and, and we were, and it, you had to earn so much more of it. And there was, you had to keep your head down and work so hard. And then even when you got there, it was, it, it was just different. Um, I think, like I said, you know, just the monetary reality of the world of football and how media has, you know, really come into everything and entertainment. It's just a lucrative, everything has grown exponentially. And, and I think, you know, that itself has, you know, kind of bucked um, that trend <laughs> so to speak with younger players and you know like I said it's hard to argue with them when you look at the reality of the world we live in yeah Kevin Carter with us on the show who's your Heisman Trophy winner man that's a tough one um, Kyler Murray has been about as impressive as anyone um, in the country um, just just taking Lincoln Riley's offense to a whole new level um, to me Dwayne Haskins um, has been incredible. Um, you know, we saw him in the face of adversity. We saw him when the defense, you know, was porous against Purdue and gave up a bunch of yards and in subsequent games. He was the one that kept them in these games. You know, the game against Maryland, where they gave up 298 yards to Anthony McFarland on the ground, and Dwayne Haskins was the hero of that game. So, um, to me, he's got to be in New York. Um, yeah, man, uh, Gardner Minshew is, is another one. Um, the mustache of Washington State. You know, he's been slinging it this year. Um, I, oh, man, I can go on and on. There are so many great players. Uh, Jordan Love, Utah State quarterback. I've got to give the, one of the smaller schools some love. Um, man, there's a whole lot. Uh, obviously, everybody's pointing towards Tuatunga Vailoa. And, you know, definitely what he put down this year brought Alabama to a whole new level. Um, so I don't know. I have to really wind down that list. I know it's about that time. <laughs> so I'm going to take this week um, before I go to the Army-Navy game this Friday, and I'm going to tweet out my Heisman finalists. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Kevin Carter joining us on the show. I. I still want to say I still want to say Kyler Murray, but I st- I I just think it's going to be to a tag of Viola. I think a lot of people are just going to settle on that. Uh, real quick, you're a national champion. Um, my national champion is Alabama. Uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to bet against what they've been able to accomplish um, and just the arsenal of players that they have. Um, now, you know, now that Jalen Hurts came into the game the way he did, and I'm so happy for him personally, just as a young man, you know, what character and resolve, um, you know, deciding that this is the best situation for him to get better in and, and being an unselfish player. But, I mean, you know, just 
being there to help his team, just amazing. Um, but that kind of resolve with that kind of talent uh, is going to be really, really hard to beat. Um, uh, great games, but yeah, my national champion, since you really, since you didn't really, you just cut to the chase. You didn't even go to the semifinals. <laughs> you just, you said, who's your national champion? So yeah, there you go. It's Bama. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kevin. Follow this guy on Twitter at Kevin Carter underscore 93. You can watch him on CBS Sports Network. He'll be at Army Navy coming up this next weekend. Kevin, thank you for the time, my friend. All the very best to you and yours. Hey, thank you. Happy holidays to you, sir. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.